something. Today is still applicable in the state of Texas. A handshake is still a, a binding agreement. But in a lot of places it didn't. It has to have a contract. You've got to get lawyers involved and all that kind of stuff. You know, just a simple, you know, can I borrow your mower type of thing. What has happened to us? And what has happened in the Christian community when we say yes and we don't fulfill what's there? How many people, you see, the Bible talks about making a vow before God. I will spend a lot of time here, but vows are very serious. Very serious with God. Vows are different than faith. Vows say, God, if you'll do this, I'll do this. And how many, you know, how many have ever had the stomach ache when you were a kid? And you're sitting in the bathroom and you, man, your stomach just killing you and you go, God, if you'll just, you just make this pain go away, I'll do anything for you. How many of you know you lied right there before God and everybody? Isn't that right? Yeah. But hey, we, adults do that. God, if you will do this, I'll do this. So how many of you know, as soon as God does it, doesn't see him again. I can name you person after person that, that God has blessed their business, made them multi, uh, uh, financially wealthy, and on and on and on. And as soon as they reach that point, guess what? You don't see them anymore. You don't see them anymore. It's a 10 leper concept. Listen, it's not how hard you work, it's how smart you work. In order to work smarter, we will, we will do one of two things. We will either organize or we will agonize. And agony does not produce much, but organization can produce a lot. Because organization says, I understand priorities. All right, first things first. You see, there's, a, there's two difficult things for people to do. Number one, think realistically about the situation. And I will talk more about that later on this week. And number two is to do things in the order of importance. Now, what are the, so that requires, in priorities, that means we've got to make some decisions. I mean, no, we don't like to make decisions. Well, you know, somebody else will make that decision, not me. But sometimes you've got to make a decision. And you see, there's certain characteristics of two, there's characteristics of two kinds of decision makers. Where's my my chalk here? Where, where is it? I had it somewhere. They just bring me another one, all right? Because I want to put up here because I want to give you twenty percenters are what I call initiators. That's the word I'm going to put up here. Okay, all right. Initiators, okay? I'm just going to put the word I-N-I, okay? Initiators, all right? But on the other side over here, the 80 percenters, they're reactors. They're reactors. Now, which one are you? So you got to figure out which one you are. See, if you're going to go in, into, into, uh, 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 establishing your priorities in life, then you're going to figure out which one of these that you are. Because this is the 20% or this is the 80%. And remember, the 20% gets 80% of the results. The 80% or over here gets 20% results. All the math people love me tonight, I'm telling you. Well, the, the initiator, he does this. He leads. He leads. He leads his family. He leads his his work, he leads on the job, He's a, he leads, that's, that's an initiator. While everybody else is standing around wondering what to do, he initiates. I remember one time I was, uh, 
uh, got into uh, Venezuela at midnight and you have to go on an expressway through the mountains and everything, and they'd had a lot of rain. And so we get there and the traffic is dead stop. I mean, it was not moving at all. And if you've ever been in a traffic jam in Houston, multiply that times five, and then you can imagine what a traffic jam is in Venezuela. I mean, they're on the side of the mountain, they're on the, 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 the curb over here, they're on the shoulder, they're on the lanes, they're everywhere. And so finally the guy and I were talking back and forth, and he said, well, there's a problem in the road. And I go, really? <laughs> It'd take me for long to figure that out with, you know, all the traffic backed up, you know. And he goes, yeah, he says, I don't know what happened. So we get up there, and he found out, he says, oh, there's a big boulder, and the boulder was taller than this building. And what had happened, the range came, and they slid off the side of the mountain right into the middle of that lane on that side of the freeway. So we get up there, and he's, he and I are talking about it. We get up there, and there's 45 Venezuelans standing around looking at this rock. And, I, and he said to me, he goes, you know what they're doing? I said, what? And he said, they're looking at that rock. <laughs> I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. He said, 44 of them will be telling everybody else what to do, and one man will get the rock moved. Why? Because he's an initiator. He leads. And sure enough, man, went by there the next day, that boulder was gone. I don't know how they got it off there, you know, anyway. But you know what this guy does over here? He just listens. He just listens. That's what he does. Listen to what's going on. Listen to the conversation. Listen over here. But he's not engaged in what's going on. He's just, he's just a listener. i got to move on here. This guy over here, he has the gift of faith. Okay? This guy over here, he has the gift of faith. I mean, you know, he believes God. God can do anything. All things are possible to them that we believe. You know, and on and on and on he goes. He has that gift of faith. But this person over here, he's only concerned about mercy and not hurting anybody's feelings and serving uh, being a ser I just want to serve the Lord and all that kind of stuff, you know. And, uh, and, and so he says, he says that, that's what I want to do. He's a reactor. Now, not all servers are bad. I'm just saying that's, the way, that's where it is, okay? This man here, what does he do? He spends time, he spends time planning. He spends time planning. I mean, no, planning is not a, not a, not a sin, God planned the marriage supper of the Lamb 6,000 years ago. How many believe God's a planner? God looked at you. How many of you know he had to come up with a unique plan? Okay, we'll move along. All right. Okay. But here, this person over here, all he is involved in is problems. Problem. How can I solve a problem? All I can do is, oh, we got this problem. We got to run around and solve. You listen, you can be a firefighter running around all the time and just putting out fires, or you can be planning and having your fire equipment in place that if a fire breaks out, everything's ready to go. You see what I'm saying? See, and what happens is, is that problems come. And one of the things I say to leadership all the time, if all you preach on is people's problems, guess what you attract? You will attract problems. If that's all you talk about in your family, guess what? You're going to have problems in your family. But if you start making some plans, you start doing some plans, and this is what we're going to do, they may, they may all crater on you, but how many of you know the Bible says man makes his plans, but God determines the outcome? So I'll make my plans and leave the rest up to God, all right? Okay, how about this one here? This person, he will invest. Oh, this is powerful. He will invest in people. 
invest in people? How can I pour more into him? How can I sit and share? How can I talk? How can I do this? Investing in him. You see, it's not a time waster. But this one here, he just likes to spend time. Spend time with people. Not really investing in them. It's just, you know, I want to be one of the good old boys. I want people to like me. I want to be popular. I want to be all that kind of stuff, you know, you see. And here's this guy over here. What happens? The, the initiator, he, uh, he fills his calendar. Uh, let me get it again. He fills his calendar by priority, okay, or in alignment with his mission by priority. What is priority? But this person here, he fills his calendar by request. Oh, could you, would you, can you, please, et cetera, et cetera. And guess what? Once you start filling your calendar with a request, you will be busy. You will be busy. And you may not achieve much, but you will be busy. So here's what we see when it comes. Now, we're talking about realignment. Which one of these do we want to be under? How many of those do we want to make adjustments to? You see, 20% gets 80% of the results. All right, now, this is the big picture of life. When priorities are not in order, they manifest, listen to this, they manifest by frustration, boredom, and anger. The number one fear, according to Fuller Seminary, the number one fear in the church world today is boredom. They are bored with church. That's why they're bailing on the church. You know, they love God and, and they love, love peop, uh, the pastor, but they just don't like the church. Gandhi says, if it wasn't for your, you Christians, he said, I would become a Christian. He said, I like your God, I like your Christ, but I, just, I can't handle you Christians. See. Now look what it says in Proverbs 22 and verse 29. It says, see a man diligent in his business and he shall stand before kings. How many like to stand before a king? All right, hallelujah. Now, so what is the biblical order? Let me give you the biblical order right quick. Number one, this is God's priority. All right, I'm going to help you. Some of you are going to realign after tonight. Some of you are going to adjust your priorities. Number one is God. Matthew 6.33, we're going to talk about Matthew 6.33 on Friday night. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Who do I look for first, God or the world's way? Now, listen to me. We started off last night by reading out of <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4. <laughs> I knew where I was reading. Y'all didn't, all right, okay. But it talked about let us labor to enter into the rest. What does that mean, rest? We think it means relaxation. Let me, let me just give you a synopsis. I won't go into much detail of it. But the idea of rest carries with it the priority of God. Now, let me tell you how he does that. The Bible says, can you erase this for me? I need to draw it up here. The Bible says in Luke chapter 17 and verse 21, it says the kingdom of God, the King James says, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Uh, excuse me, it says it is within you. The Greek structure of that says that the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So in other words, if I'm going through something, if I've got a, a situation that's happening in my life, the kingdom of God is not in here, it's in the midst of me. In other words, the answer's right here. 
But that answer doesn't do any good if I don't get it in here. Are you see what I'm saying? So the answer, the kingdom here, I, I'm in the kingdom, and I'm part of that, and it's in the midst of me. But if I never reach out and take that, then guess what? It does me no good. See? All right, you follow me? Stay with me now. So here's what happens. When I, when I get into the midst of it, I reach out and grab that unchanging principle, that unchanging principle, and I apply that to my situation or I apply that into my life, then at that point when I apply it to my life, I've entered into a phase of rest in God. Did I go too fast on you on that? All right. Now, let me give it to you rather simple-wise. Where's my, where's my chalk here? I like to do it this way. For every situation... For every situation that I face, all right, for every situation that I face in life, I have a source from the Word of God. I have a source, a kingdom source, all right? I have that, okay? For every source, I have to do a sacrifice of that principle of that source. In other words, I have to start doing it. Remember we talked about those sacrifices last night. I have to start doing that, okay? And then once I do the, see the situation, the source that I have, offer the sacrifice, then I will see the results. There should be a S word there, but I haven't figured out one, okay? I will see the results happening in my life. At that point, now I've entered into a stage of rest in that area. Now, let me give you an example. Tithing. Situation. I had money. I was robbing God. Yada, yada, yada. I found out. Malachi. Other places. You can go through the scripture. And fine. I write those scriptures down. Okay? Then I started doing a sacrifice. How many of you know the first time you tithe, you lost more money? Why? Because it wasn't the... It wasn't the... The, the material thing that I gave to God, he was looking to see if I was going to grab a hold of that unchanging principle and I was going to offer sacrifice as difficult as it was, I gave God what belonged to him. When I did that, guess what? All of a sudden now, it became a resting place. A resting place, a result for me. And now I come in, Pastor stands up and says, okay, we're going to pay our tithes. We don't even think anything about it. Why? Because we're abiding in his rest in that area. Are you with me? Yeah. Same thing with healing. Same thing with deliverance. Same on and on and on goes. Every situation you have, God has already provided a source because it's all in Christ. Are you with me? Now, that's why we got to keep our priorities in line because sometimes those situations come because the line of authority has gotten out of whack or we got out of alignment. And so God's got to bring us back in. So God is first. Joshua said, as for me and my house, say it again, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We'll give our finances, our healing and things. So number one is God. Number two is myself. Oh, Terry, that's selfish. No, that's Bible. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, be not drunk in wine in excess, but what? Be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. How do you know you're filled with the Holy Ghost? 
Does he speak in tongues? Uh-uh. No, he says that uh, you're making psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and you're making a melody in your heart. When you've got a melody in your heart, and, and uh, oh, man. When you've got a melody in your heart, you are full of the Holy Ghost. There was a pastor we worked with at Behind the Iron Curtain in Poland, and his mother was a rather robust lady. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, we stayed at their house. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was cold because winter couldn't start until October 15th. Didn't matter whether it was below freezing October 1st. When, according to the government, it could not start till October 15th. So you had no heat. But every morning, she would be in that kitchen. And for one hour, she'd be in there and she'd be reading the scripture. One hour. Then she'd get through reading the scripture. The next hour, she sang hymns. Then she got through singing the hymns. She, the next hour, she'd start uh, praying. And we heard her do this every morning. And so when dad would get up, the grandfather would get up, go in there and sit down. She'd say, she'd start all over. She'd start reading the scripture. Then they would sing the hymns. Then they would pray. I don't know why he got up late. I guess he just didn't want to get up with her. I don't know what the deal was, you know. But, but what happened? They were making that melody. She was the happiest, robust lady I'd ever met in my life. She was delightful to be around. Always singing in the kitchen. Always happy, yada, yada, yada. And why am I saying this? Because if I'm not right, it doesn't matter what follows me. You've got to get you right. You've got to get right with what's going on with you. That's what's going taking place. You've got to get you in that alignment. You've got to get you in that place, what's going on. And so, so their second priority is you. John 17 and 3, and this is eternal life, that you may know. The word know means being intimate with God. Are you intimate with God? You see, you see, a child wants a blessing. A friend wants the gifts, but a lover wants the person. See, and so myself, number three, and I'm moving along here. Number three is my spouse. It's not my children. It's not my children. It's not my horses. Not my dog. Not my parakeet. It's my spouse. Now, if she has all those things, it's my spouse, all right? I'll just leave that alone, okay? Why? Because I entered into covenant with her to produce godly seed that they can go on and produce covenant with their partners. In other words, you only got that boy and girl or those children, you only got them a short period of time. Now, if you're a mother like my, my wife, you, they're, they're children for the rest of their life. 